Good morning on this Lord's Day and welcome to Holy Trinity for our virtual worship. 
we say each Sunday that whoever you are, whatever your spiritual journey, whatever the color of your skin, whoever you love, <coughs> gender identity, all the other ways that divide us, particularly barriers this day that we are one in our faith in God, in God's mercy for us and our worlds. We, we also have been saying recently that in addition to a welcome that anyone can say, the Holy Trinity is proud of what we stand against, all kinds of injustices such as classism and racism and heterosexism and homophobia and xenophobia and all the other ways that human beings are denigrated. We pray that we will be signs of God's mercy for our broken world. It's both, well, it's wonderful and weird and sad that we gather this way today, but we're so grateful for the technology to do so. So let's just take a couple minutes for some announcements and then I'll see if Bo has any technical um, announcements for us as well. In fact, maybe I'll start with you, Bo. Anything that you need to say to us? Um, just at the moment, um, if people are asking, the um, Facebook Live feed isn't working yet. Um, it's worked fine before when we've done it, but it's just not working at the moment. So I'm trying to comment on things and let people know to join us on Zoom if they haven't already. But still going to work on that as we go along and we're hoping that everyone is muted at the moment, um, except for the worship leaders. And then we will plan to unmute everyone when we have virtual coffee hour after the liturgy is done. So glad you're all here. Thank you, Bo. Bo has been great this week getting all the um, technical things planned. And the last couple of weeks, every time that we've had a plan for one way of doing the service on Wednesday or Thursday, by Friday or Saturday, we are making new plans. And so that has also happened today. This originally was planned to be a service in the sanctuary with five or six people. And we've made a few changes, but we're continuing to learn and we'll, it will emerge in the next couple of weeks as well. Which reminds us, um, because you're not, uh, because you're muted, you will you can say and sing the responses to your heart's desire, but we will not be hearing you. Um, and also that it's hard to do music this way, particularly with uh, a piano. So um, we're doing the best we can and we're learning. And as Bo reminded me earlier this week, everything these days is about a connection, not perfection. So uh, we will keep that in mind throughout our service today as well. If you haven't found the PDF for the text, so you can follow along, I believe that's on our, in the e-news that, or the email that Bo sent, it's on the Facebook page, it's on our webpage, and you can have that in another window and be able to follow along and participate. We um, also put a link in the chat as well here. In right. Um, if you haven't found it already, um, if you're on, or I guess we're all on Zoom, in the top right-hand corner, you can go between speaker view and gallery view probably at this point, because there are 98 participants, if you keep it on speaker view, you will actually be seeing the person speak. And if you uh, keep it on um, gallery view, you're just gonna see a lot of names or a few faces as well. Um, we're gonna save our uh, comments and our fun interacting for social time today. Um, and that will be really fun. We'll unmute people. We'll show you the chat feature. You can actually talk to just one person and say, how are you doing? That kind of thing. We'll have some fun and some laughter at that point as well. So let me think, um, staff, are we missing any other announcements uh, before we begin? I'm going to ring the bell. We have bells in multiple uh, staff uh, households, which makes my heart sing, but we'll ring one last bell and then uh, Bo will be leading our, I mean, Ben will uh, begin our service. Oh, I'm sorry, one more announcement. We're not going to be using the gathering hymn today. We'll begin with the Kyrie, but I'd like you to take a look at that text at another point, And I'm going to read the first and fourth stanzas now because it fits so well with what our world is going through. Through the night of doubt and sorrow, onward goes the pilgrim band, singing songs of expectation, marching to the promised land. Clear before us through the darkness, 
gleams and burns the guiding light. Pilgrim clasps the hand of Pilgrim, stepping fearless through the night. Onward, therefore, sisters, brothers, siblings, onward with the cross our aid. Bear its shame and fight its battle till we rest beneath its shade. Soon shall come the great awakening, soon the rending of the tomb, then the scattering of all shadows and the end of all toil and gloom. Peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Bend your ear to our prayers, Lord Christ, and come among us. By your gracious life and death for us, bring light into the darkness of our hearts and anoint us with your spirit. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from 1 Samuel. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? I have rejected him from, from being king of Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send you to Jesse of Bethlehem, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears of it, he will kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you. Say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me the one whom I named to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, Do you come peaceably? He said, Peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is now before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his apprentice or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesus called on Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. He said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but he is keeping cheap. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him. 
for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him in. Now he was ready and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Rise and anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Samuel then set out and went to Ramah. Word of God, word of life. Thanks, Thanks be to God. From Ephesians. Once you were in darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful even to mention what such people do secretly. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Sleeper, awake. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Let your steadfast love come to us, O Lord. Save us as you promised, we will trust your word. Let your steadfast love come to us, O Lord. Save us as you promised, we will trust your word. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will have the light of life. Let your steadfast love come to us, Lord. us as you promised, we will trust the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? 
Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When Jesus had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam. Which means sent. Then the man went and washed and came back able to see. Now the neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. And others were saying, No, but it's someone like him. The man kept saying, I am the man. Then how were your eyes opened? The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. Where is he? I don't know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, He put mud on my eyes. Then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He is a prophet. The Judeans did not believe that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? Tell us then, how does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But we do not know how it is that now he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Judeans, for the Judeans had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents asked him, He is of age. Ask him. So, for the second time, they called the man who had been blind, and the Judeans said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? I have told you already, and you won't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become one of his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses. But as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. Here's an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but does listen to anyone who is devout and obeys God's will. Never since the world began, has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind? If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. You were born entirely in sins. And are you trying to teach us? 
and they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven the man out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. Lord, I believe. And he worshipped Jesus. I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say, we see, your sin remains. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let your steadfast love come to us, Lord. Save us as you promised, we will trust you, Lord. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. I feel a bit that this is like a fireside chat that FDR had with the country during very challenging times during World War II. Now, in, in those days, they could hear the president, but they could not see him. But yet they felt that they were united Ten days ago, my sister-in-law died of a rare disease still not defined. And we left, Ernest and I left on a plane uh, a week ago on Friday to go to the funeral. There was so much heartbreak already over the circumstances. My sister had had a heart transplant, but this is not what she died of. But what was what added to the heartbreak is that when we greeted our family members, my grief-stricken brother, my nephew, my parents, that we couldn't touch, we couldn't embrace. We could do this kind of hug and we could put our hand over our hearts. Today, we're not able to be physically together. We're not able to touch each other for the peace. We're not able to share the Eucharist, but we are united in a kind of virtual way today, thanks to technology. And there's touch in today's readings, as much as we miss a multi-sensory liturgy and being bodily present. Samuel anoints David's head with a horn of oil, and Jesus takes mud from the earth and puts it on the contaminated man's eyes and then washes, and then he sees. Here's a picture of that from a devotional that I read this morning. I remember people saying that if you lose one sense, if people lose their sense of sight or their sense of hearing, that the others develop more keenly. And I wonder if something like that will happen for us in these times of not being together and not experiencing our senses in the same way. So the gospel that we just heard is truly a wonderful one. It's a classic. We hear it every three years during Lent. And from the fourth century on, it was part of the preparation for baptism and for the Easter Vigil. And that reminds me that we can imagine in our minds right now, the big candle being brought into the darkened church, thinking about the light of the world and the light we have through Christ's resurrection. The gospel is all about seeing and about vision and about blindness and who sees and who doesn't see. <laughs> Has anyone said to you the last week or two that this is like an apocalypse? Even my young niece talked about going to the grocery store and going to the apocalypse grocery store. But one author this week said, maybe the word apocalypse isn't so bad for us for these times that it's a good image because it actually means to unveil something, to see something previously not seen, to see the truth of things, whether that is the truth of the human condition, 
the way the ways that we are broken, the way injustice is part of the world, or how we might see more clearly what is truly real these days, such as our mortality, our human fragility, the needs of others, our common humanity. When I got my new Honda th three years ago, the blind spots were different from my other car and they still are a bit confusing to me. And blind spots is a good image to think about for all of us, both the blind spots that we have in our own lives and that maybe we're seeing in new ways today and particularly the blind spots in today's gospel because the people, all the cast of characters simply are not getting it. They're not getting who has the sin and who's blind and who's not. They're, they have blind spots because they first think it's because of sin that this man cannot see, that he's blind. But Jesus reminds him that that's not true. And we must remember in the Gospel of John, sin doesn't mean doing bad things. Sin is lack of belief, lack of a relationship, an authentic relationship with God. So the story has a wonderful healing, but it's not just about healing. That's a short part of it. It's about the community's response and how long it takes for them to begin to get it and how slow the faith is in the man born blind to affirm Jesus as the Messiah. It's also a symbolic story because it was written probably in AD 90s, many decades after Jesus' birth, and it reflects what was going on in John's community right then, that Christians were being forced out of the synagogue and having to deal with that sad reality for them. And so much of the story reflects what was going on in that way and is filled with a lot of symbolism. It makes me think that one of the words we could say about this story for most of the characters is that they have a sense of smugness. They're a bit arrogant. They don't truly see this man born blind for who he is. They fear him. They see him as his disability. Smugness reminds me of cloudy vision, of dirty glasses. And spiritually speaking, it's when we have a sense of rightness. And during these days, as we can see on social media in other ways, instead of finding our common humility, it's some of us move to that place of arrogance and uh, needing to shame other people for all kinds of positions that they have. One writer said this past week, the more convinced that we have the full insight that we have comprehension, that we have the knowledge, the less we will be able to see and experience God. Last night on CNN, I heard what has been said often, assume that you have the virus, assume that everyone has the virus. Now that's important for our health and our safety to an extreme, it can lead us to a kind of panic, to an isolation, to fear. But what if through our spiritual vision, we were also able to look on everyone as God looks, as a child of God, and rather being fearful to see everyone with eyes of compassion, that we're all hurting, that we're all doing the best that we can, that we're all created in God's image, as we heard Peter read from 1 Samuel, the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outer, outer appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. A couple days ago, columnist David Brooks had some great thoughts that truly stuck with me. He said that we can learn from cancer patients these days and how they face life that we simply can't know so many things, including the, the future. So don't expect life to be predictable. Don't expect it to be fair. Instead, he goes on, be filled with humility that you are not the grand plans you have for your life, how things can change in an instant. Brooks goes on with an image that comes that, that goes well with today's gospel, that we're all seeing the world through plague eyes now. We're all going through the same experience, wherever we are in the world. 
we're all realizing our interdependence and hopefully it will lead us not to social isolation, but also to social solidarity. And finally, he says, the great paradox is that we had to be apart in order to learn how to be together. We had to be apart in order to learn how to be together. Maybe that's how we resonate, resonate with the line from the gospel, I was blind, but now I see. It's the inspiration for the hymn, Amazing Grace. Sometimes that's all we know, grace. I was blind, but now I see. So you may know the words by heart, or you may, may be able to call them up now in the document, but we're going to sing Amazing Grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear. The hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace has brought me safe thus far. And grace will lead me home. The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. When we've been there ten thousand years, bright shining as the sun, We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Because of mercy and grace, this is a time that cannot be about blame, but compassion especially for those most vulnerable these days, prisoners, healthcare workers, those in the food industry, the homeless community, those whose health is most at risk. For in the story, everybody sees the blind man for his disability, for his sin, and points the finger in Salem, Massachusetts, the scene of those famous witch trials. There's a mural of a man in 17th century garb pointing an accusing finger, which, but if you look more closely, the, the accuser has a green complexion, a, a wicked expression, a crooked finger. It's so easy for us to become what we hate and what we condemn. Yet in our story today, the one thought to be the sinner becomes the apostle to others the one who sees the truth, who sees Jesus as he is, who sees the light of the world. So in these days, we too fall upon God's mercy 
and pray that God would open our eyes, that we would let in the light, that God would heal all of us, our whole humanity, and make us whole. As we heard in Ephesians, sleepers wake up. Sleepers wake up and walk as children of light. For God looks on us with compassion, teaches us new ways of seeing. And in these very strange days, don't forget there's more light each day. It's spring. Don't forget to look out your window. Don't forget to notice. Don't forget to take a walk. Don't forget to breathe in the air. There's more light each day. Christ, our light, touches our eyes, makes us whole, enables us to see people in new ways we never saw before, enables us to see the power of community in new ways that we never knew before, enables us to see the big picture like we never saw before, enables us to step into an unknown like we've never known before. I remember from the mid-1980s through the, throughout the 90s, during the height of the AIDS epidemic, each Memorial Day in Chicago, most often at St. Clement Church in Lincoln Park, not that far from Holy Trinity, there was a Memorial Day liturgy where many people gathered and the church was full. And I'm old enough to remember that back then, Persons living with AIDS were looked upon like lepers with great stigma and shame. But at that service, people came together to laugh and to cry and to remember. And one of the things that I most remember from those days is that at the end of the liturgy or near the end, they sang the hymn, Healer of Our Every Ill. And people would go forward to write names on banners, to, to weep and to trust that there could be a new tomorrow. The words are so wonderful for this text and for this time, healer of our every ill, light of each tomorrow. Give us peace beyond our fear and hope beyond our sorrow. It's an, it's an amazing synchronicity that the Psalm for today is Psalm 23, used by individuals and communities in dark times and hard times and times of struggle in times of grief, in times of, in times of hope, that God is with us through the darkest valley, that a table is spread before us even as we long to be back at the Lord's table, that we are anointed with oil in our baptism, and even this day we long for that healing touch as well. Healer of our every ill, light of each tomorrow, give us peace beyond our fear and hope beyond our sorrow. Beyond our 
gathered together in the spirit. Let us pray for the church, the earth, the world, and all who are in need. Responding to each petition with the words, hear our prayer. For the church around the world, we pray. Strengthen all the baptized with the light of hope in you, despite an inability to gather for worship. Guide bishops and pastors as they make decisions for their communities. At this time of great distress, give preachers the courage of Jonathan Edwards, whom we commemorate today. Speak your word with mercy and might. As at the Annunciation, you sent an angel to bring good news to Mary. So send an angel now to the world with your gospel of peace and love. O God, our shepherd, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the earth, we pray. Give your wisdom to humanity to care for the lands and the seas with all their living things. Provide rich soil for crops to grow. Bring rain to lands suffering drought. Protect hills and shorelines from damage caused by erosion. O God, our gardener, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the nations of the world, we pray. Give your peace to the nations of the world. Call a halt to all violence, terrorism, and warfare at this time and forever. Anoint us with your spirit of social justice, that we join with Bishop and Martyr Oscar Romero to care for the poor. Empower heads of state and legislators to enact adequate and helpful policies for the health and welfare of their citizens. O oh God, our mighty fortress, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Facing the coronavirus, we pray. Be present with those who have contracted the virus, those who are quarantined, those stranded away from home, those who have lost their employment, and those who are filled with fear. Console those whose futures are disrupted or seem empty health professionals and medical researchers as they address the pandemic. Comfort our distressed world. 
O God, you are our everlasting arms. In your mercy, hear our prayer. For all in need, we pray. Remembering the story of the man born blind, we pray for all who are blind or of low vision. Heal those who suffer from anxiety and disease. Accompany all who today will die. Support physicians, nurses, therapists, home health aides, and all who tend to human bodies. Come quickly to all who seek your presence this day, especially those whose names we call out to you now. O God, our healer, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lastly, for ourselves, we pray. Receive these prayers that we share in the silence of our hearts. O God, our hope, in your mercy, hear our prayer. United with all who have died in the faith, especially those we remember now, we pray that at the end we will join with them in your presence. O God, our homeland, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, gracious God, we commend all for whom we pray trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. And now uh, for the passing of the peace, before I announce it to you, I invite you uh, on your Zoom screen to um, pull up the gallery view so you can see everyone's faces. Um, and that way we can share um, a word of peace with one another. So the peace of Christ be with you always. Also with you. Peace, everybody. Peace. 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 If this is if Zoom is new to you and you're experimenting like I am in some ways, um, I think some of the folks who joined late, the pictures aren't showing up. And if you're only seeing names, there's a little arrow halfway down where you can go to the first screen, I think. Um, and you can flip through the various, for me, it's four screens of faces, but then the last couple only have names. But if you've not seen all the face, all the wonderful faces gathered, please again, gallery view in the top uh, right hand corner and then um, go to screen one and two. And let's just have fun again and wave to each other. Isn't this amazing technology? Oh my gosh. People, people are sharing peace in the comments as well in the chat. Oh yeah, that's great. Well, um, it's, uh, I'm speechless, so I'm going to let um, some of my staff to give a couple uh, welcomes and announcements. So first of all, I must say that throughout this, Bo says that he's an overachiever and he, in the best way, has been changing bulletins, changing procedures, sending something out this morning with the updated information. Let's give uh, all kinds of hugs and kisses to Bo and really to to the whole staff for coming through this past week. So Bo, lead us off and tell us, a, tell us a couple things. Well, here's, this is what's been fun about this morning. <laughs> it's been fun that a hundred of us have been able to gather via Zoom our Zoom account only allows 100 people on a call at one time. And there were more people who wanted to be on than 100. So that's a wonderful, fun thing. 
that also means that there's some people who weren't able to join us. And so one of the things we're going to do this week is make sure that we fix that, especially if we do this again. Also, unfortunately, I hear that this is a, a widespread problem this morning is that Zoom is not connecting to Facebook Live for lots of people. So um, for folks who are listening to this recording later, um, there will be many of them will post a recording um, on our Facebook page for those who weren't able to get on the Zoom call. Um, know that we are praying with you and we are all together, even if virtually now, even if we're not connected live on this call, we're still connected and we know that you are here with us. Um, also, um, anyone who's not on Facebook, um, now might be a time for you to just try to get an account so you can be in our um, Holy Trinity Facebook group that we have been having lots of personal interaction with. Um, you can get an account just to be in that private group. And once maybe this is all over, you can delete your account if you don't want to have Facebook, but it's been a really great source of connection for many of us. So I hope you'll think about that. And that's a great segue to some comments from Pastor Michelle. Um, that's interesting. I didn't know I was making comments. Oh, um, <laughs> all right. Uh, what I'll mention then is okay. um, thank you for your continued support and generosity to the congregation. Um, and, but also we wanna let you know about the Elvina Moan Social Justice Fund. Um, some of us remember Alvina, who is a very active member of Holy Trinity about um, eight to 20 years ago. Um, she volunteered with the night ministry. She gave hugs, real hugs, not virtual hugs, and welcomed people to church. And on their first Sunday would say, you found your church home. You are right here now. And after Alvina died, um, around 90 we set up a special social justice fund. That fund has been had about 7,000. It's been used for some wonderful ministries over the last uh, couple of years. We're down to under a thousand right now. And if, you're, if you'd like to help, help out uh, folks with special needs at Holy Trinity, you can make a special gift to the Elvina Loan Social Justice Fund. I think there's information in the bulletin and in the e-news and you can go to our giving site, HD chicagogiving.org or something like that, you'll find it to make a special gift. That's um, giving.htchicago.org. Thank you both. Um, do any of the other staff members have um, uh, an announcement? I just well, I, I will just say that if you, if you ever do want to join us, um, we have uh, two more weeks of our Lenten book study that we're doing with uh, Holy Family. And since it's virtual now, um, anyone can join us for that conversation. And uh, we had a great conversation over Zoom last week. And I'd invite you to, uh, even if you don't have the book One Coin Found, which is what we're reading uh, this year, I'd invite you to just be a part of that conversation with us. We can post that Zoom link in the Facebook group this week, right? Yep. Yeah. And we'll be doing a lot of meetings by Zoom, uh, the Wednesday study. Um, and this is also a chance to say that we want to be connected with you in whatever way is appropriate and that your pastors love one-on-ones and we can do a virtual check-in coffee or tea date with you and just let you uh, tell us how things are going with you. So uh, please don't be shy about reaching out and setting an appointment with, uh, with any of the staff just to connect. Um, okay, does that conclude our announcements? We'll, we'll lead us following this, um, the end of the service, um, those of you who would like to stay on will explain a little bit about the virtual coffee hour then, uh, but we'll continue now on page 14 with the prayer of thanksgiving. Let us pray. Blessed are you, faithful and compassionate God, our living water and our merciful guide. Together with rivers and seas, wells and springs, we bless and magnify you. 
From the dust of the earth, you formed us in your image and called us to walk in your ways. Turning from you, we wandered far away. Yet your mercy and love are everlasting. Blessed be God forever. Blessed, Blessed be, God, be forever. God forever. After 40 days and nights of rain, you brought Noah and his family to safety. For 40 years, you led your people Israel through the desert, provided them with water from the rock, and brought them to the promised land. For 40 days, your son fasted, struggled, and prayed in the wilderness. We praise you for Christ, our rock and our water, who joined us in our desert, pouring out his life for the world. Blessed be God forever. Blessed be God forever. Strengthen us with your life-giving spirit. Wash away our sin, that we may be revived for the journey by the love of Christ. Remind us of our baptismal calling, that we may live as the body of Christ for our suffering world. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Bring us at last to the eternal spring, where in the garden of paradise we sing your praise around the holy cross, the tree of life. Through Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now together, Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. <clears throat> May Christ, who calls you to take up your cross, give you strength to bear your own and one another's burdens. And may God bless you now and forever. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Remember the poor. Thanks be to God.